Come on, lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice. We exalt your name, oh God. You stand for us. We exalt your holy name. We exalt your name forever. You are high and lifted up. And your glory fills the earth, oh God. Jesus, together lifters. Queriada gara de gorianda da basso kiasto. Forever, Jesus. Forever be glorified. Forever be glorified in the praises of your people. Be magnified in the praises of your people. Be at home in the praises of your people. Inhabit, sit down, dwell like a man upon a throne in the house of God because you're in the midst of a people who adore you and love you. Lord, we are so grateful. Grateful for who you are and what you've done. Oh, Lord, you, dis you dismantled the work of Satan, sin, death, sickness, disease, famine. You've dismantled the work of religion and given us liberty in the Holy Ghost. You've dismantled the work of the grave and you've made us alive in Christ far above every principality and power and you gave favor to us who deserve no favor you've given honor to us who deserve no honor you blessed us with every blessing in Christ Jesus oh father we are so great <laughs> we are so grateful so grateful today Woo, we're so grateful Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so grateful, Jesus. So grateful. Oh, the grave is empty. We are grateful. Thank you, Lord. Satan has nothing to say, nothing to do with us. He has no hold, no power because of you. Oh, hallelujah. He is silenced. And right now as we worship him, as we worship Jesus, our enemy is silenced. The principalities and powers are silenced. Woo! 
Jesus' bone. Jesus' name. Ramakuye bella rosote ramakayete. Eramamaki elaraduya sankate. Shondelaria papa shokaro postende. Zendelaramakuye la paturo sonke la tatie. Jesus' name, out of my belly will flow rivers of living water. Rabbi said, I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. Turn to somebody and say, I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. And keep singing. Keep speaking in tongues. Go on. Tell him, I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. Rabbi Rianta, Sturo. And out of the temple, from under the throne, under the altar, came a river that came out of the east gate and came down the steps all the way down to the Kidron Valley and made the dead to live and made the empty filled. Out of the place of worship comes the river of life that disperses darkness and disperses death and sets everything in Alabama free to flourish and be fruitful. Don't be a, don't be a barren wombed Christian. Be a fruitful Christian. Put your hands on your spirit and sing in, in the tongues over your life right now. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. God has blessed you with every blessing in Christ. He's blessed you with the Holy Ghost. He's blessed you with the gift of himself. He's blessed you. Let it flow out of your spirit. Jesus. There shall come a tower. There shall come a tower of praise. A towering furno of the fire of the Holy Spirit. In this place shall arise the mighty arm of God. And just like the Statue of Liberty, there will be a fire that declares liberty, liberty, liberty. In Alabama, I declare in Jesus' name, liberty from every boundary and every bondage of man. Oh, I hear the Holy Spirit and I want to set captives free. Oh, I've set them free in their spirit, but they're still bound in their mind, bound in their emotions and soul, bound in their traditions. But I have come to the place this day, says the Lord. I've come to continually set free those who are bound and give them liberty. In Jesus' 
mighty name. I declare in Jesus' name, the anointing touch our minds today to give our minds liberated that we might think like Him, that we might see like Him, that we might hear like Him and understand like Him. In the name of Jesus, I, tran- I thank you for a transfer anointing today, Lord. A transfer anointing. Come upon every mindset, upon every person's heart, that we begin to see and believe and hear and talk like you. Oh, Jesus' name. Like a way we've never been before. Like sons of the Most High God. Just now. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Who, as I so often ask, grab the person by the side of you, either side of you. Just begin to speak in tongues over their life. Begin to pray as the Holy Ghost gives you something. Just begin to pray right now that there be liberty in their life like never before. Go on, a freedom in the Holy Spirit's anointing and power. That the power, if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, right now would be a good time to say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Go ahead. Break the chains. Break the chains of liberty and limitation. Break the chains of bondage. Break old mindsets, Holy Spirit. We declare it today that the word of truth will begin to move people and set people free. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus name in Jesus name Jesus mighty name thank you father thank you father thank you father thank you father when you've done that grab at least three people give them a big hug and, and just tell them to expect miracles expect the unexpected Jesus mighty name Kereata Shukubriakasta. The unexpected expect miracles. Jesus. Wow. Bless God. Wow. Praise God.
You know, sometimes I have a statement that I've been saying for many years, writing it in my books, etc., when I've signed books, but expect the unexpected. And I, th I must have said that probably about 15 years ago is about the time I began to say that, you know. And I begin to hear it all over the world now. People keep, even CNN the other day, somebody on this quoted the statement about expecting the unexpected, but not in a Christian sense, obviously. I just thought this is really funny. They're confessing what God is doing. We've got to start expecting the unexpected, you know. And I, I remember uh, when the Berlin Wall came down, I was into Czechoslovakia within three months. And uh, I was part of the very first a church leaders conference that had, been ha had happened in Czechoslovakia since the day communism moved in. And there were 1,100 people there, you know. And the power of God broke loose after I sung a song. That's all I did. I sung a song called Shepherd Boy, which is on one of my albums. And, and it's about how God looks at us. He doesn't see a shepherd. He sees a son. He sees a king. And, and how... God's view of us is vastly different of our own. And the, what needs to happen is a re-education and, and a healing of our mindset that we begin to see ourselves the way God sees. And stuff starts happening. Well, I started singing it. And at the end of this song, I remember standing there saying, everybody had been preaching, everybody had been doing stuff. I just sang this one song. And the only thing I felt to do is, as I looked at everybody, 1,100 people, and you could feel the atmosphere had changed by the presence of God. I just said, well done, my good and faithful servants. And the power of God hit that place. 1,100 people hit the floor. That's the only way. They just hit the floor. There was wailing. Nobody had ever said to them in all the time of communism, well done, my good and faithful servant. So they were under such heavy oppression that God in an instant lifted it off them. Boom. And bam, they hit the deck. <laughs> and I can remember the next meeting I don't know there was about 700, 800 people in the meeting and, and uh, I just happened to remember saying listen don't be stupid and wait to the end of a meeting to get your miracle when the man of God lays hands on you the man of God can lay hands on you anywhere at any time he can do it in the middle of a supermarket he can do it so just Reach out your faith when you feel you've got... Reach out your faith and expect a miracle. Expect the unexpected. And I started to preach and about 20 minutes into it, I heard this commotion over, over here, right, in the, right at the far side of the, the... It was in a cinema, right in the far side, you know, and I could see people jumping up and down and doing all sorts, clapping and shit. But I couldn't understand what they were going to do. It was all in Poland. It was all in Czechoslovakian. So I turned to my translator and said, what's going on? So they, they talk back and forth and say, oh, the man that came in in a stretcher, paralyzed from his neck down, has just been healed. <laughs> just expect the unexpected. It is our expectancy. I said that uh, last night, I, for those of you who are with me, I said that last night, the expectancy level. I said it again this morning. It says the whole of creation in Romans chapter 8, which is to me, is that passage is one of the most absolute mind-blowing passages of Scripture. It begins with, there is no condemnation for those in Christ, or Christ Jesus. And then it goes on, who walk not after the flesh. Remember that? That's actually not in the original. 
Because there is no condemnation in Christ. What they added it in for was to make sure nobody uh, misunderstood it. But it's actually not in there. There's no condemnation for those in Christ. Because there is no condemnation in Christ. If you're in Christ, that's it. It's gone. You're accepted. You're not condemned. You're not, gonna, you're not being pulled down. You've been lifted up. And he goes on and on and on in that passage. And then comes, it says that the, uh, the creation is eagerly anticipating the revealing, the uncovering. That's what that would be. Uncovering, as if they've been covered up. For the manifestation of the sons of God. And as I said this morning, there's two words in the Greek for sons. One is technon, meaning born, which John uses. He gave us the right to be born. Children of God, sons of God. It means just born, techno. But Romans 8, he uses the word huios. The one that means like daddy. Whole creation is not looking for a church. It's not looking for a born again Christian. It's not looking for a, a religion. It's not looking for some set of doctrines. The whole of creation eagerly anticipates That's eagerly anticipating. Waiting to jump. It says that the Lord, he eagerly waits. That's what that word meant. Watches over his word. Eagerly watches over his word to perform it. Here we are thinking we've got to persuade him. We don't have to persuade him. He's trying to persuade us. He's trying to persuade us to expect it. And then it starts working. And it says the whole of creation eagerly anticipates and awaits. For the revealing, the manifestation of the huios of God. The ones like daddy. The ones that think like daddy. The ones that hear like daddy, talk like daddy, smell like daddy, act like daddy, look like daddy. Hello? There's a vast difference between being born and becoming. A vast difference. It's time to grow up. Turn to somebody right now and say, it's time for us to grow up. You know, you can, have a, a, you can have be a son and you can be the son of a king. Heir to the throne. Everything he has belongs to you is going to come to you. You have all the authority. You can tell everybody in that house except the king what to do. Because you're the king's son. Yeah, but you can't operate it. Because you can't talk when you're a baby. You can walk. We can toddle around the place but you don't know how to command because you don't know anything in other words you've got to grow up to be able to release to walk in that authority to walk in that dignity to walk in that ability you have to grow up to be able to cope with that and understand it and there is a transformation that's going on in the church that the holy spirit says i'm wanting my body to mature to grow up you see we've had passover we got born again we came to Pentecost, we got filled with the Spirit. What for? So we can grow up. So that what he's in us for can become to flow out. He wants us to flow in the fullness of the Godhead as Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus didn't die so we could have a religious experience. He died that we might walk in the fullness. And that's the Feast of Tabernacles, the Father's Feast. And it comes at the end. The end of a year, but it comes at the end of the... Season for the church. God is looking for a company of people who are making the journey from speaking in tongues 
to walking in authority. Walking like Christ. Yeah, yeah, no, not just walking in authority. No, no, walking in humility. Because the more humility you have, the more he'll give you the authority. Because it's, it's connected. You can't walk in authority and have a pride attitude. Oh, it's gone quiet. I'm going to preach this way. Yeah. The whole of creation eagerly anticipates. And it tells you why. If you carry on reading, everything that is out, creation has been submitted to futility, the work of sin. It's been submitted, but it will be redeemed by the revelation of the sons of God. Wow. I wonder, have you ever wondered why stuff happens in America? Have you ever wondered why the weather patterns are the way they are? Hello? Hello? See, everything God made is good. So why do we have tornadoes? Why do we have hurricanes? Why do we have earthquakes? Why do we have stuff in creation? It's obviously there's chaos in certain parts of creation. And yet God is a God of order. Everything he made would have been in order. So it's out of order. There's some things out of order. They're destructive. That's not the way God intended. Why? Sin. And yet there is something there that's frightening to think about. That God could raise the body of Christ up to such maturity that even storms obey it. I think I have Bible for that. I think I have a, you know, a couple of verses that talk about that. About someone we know calm in a storm. Twice. Wow. Have you ever thought that when Jesus came to town, he wrecked everything? He wrecked what was there. Do you realize he wrecked the medical business? I don't think the doctors really love Jesus. I don't think the hospitals love Jesus. I don't think the witches love Jesus because they were giving medication out to keep people in bondage. Jesus came along, set the captive free. Made the blind to see, the deaf to hear. Anybody that was having to pay, because the woman with the issue of blood was paying money every week to, until she ran out of money. Who's she paying it to? A doctor. The medical profession. Jesus came in and healed everybody. Imagine him doing that right here in Alabama. Imagine him healing every blind eye. And fixing your eyes and giving you 20-20 vision. I wonder whether the opticians and the spectacle people would be thrilled with you. Hello? Hello? I wonder if the pharmaceutical companies would be thrilled when the church started setting so many people free that they no longer needed any addictions, they no, no medication, they didn't need anything, they didn't need fixing, they were the fixers. Come on, I'm preaching real good. Jesus moved into town and messed up all the economy because he made loaves multiply and fish multiply. Hello? He could wreck the fishing industry if he wanted to, couldn't he? Cast your net the other side. You see, if he can fill a net, he can empty it. Yeah. He can bless his people and yet take away that blessing from other people to get their attention. He has the ability. Listen, he can do that in the church too. He's looking for a company of people. We think, oh, only Jesus. No, no. Jesus said, and greater things shall you do because I go to the Father. 
Well, what does that got to do with it? If he goes to the Father, what are you going to give you his spirit? He, going to his Father, has finished the task so that you can receive his spirit. The Holy Spirit is him in spirit. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that resides in us. Hello? Do you really, do you really think that he wants us to just have a goosebump experience and fall on the floor? And or do you think maybe he wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit to such a capacity you leak? <laughs> and when you touch people, they just get healed and delivered and set free. Wow. Well, I think so, because if you think in the, parab- uh, the passage of uh, the vine and the branches in John's gospel, what's in the vine is in the branch. The branch is the extension of the vine. The branch doesn't bear the fruit. The vine, uh, the, the br- vine doesn't bear the fruit. The branch bears the fruit. He's the vine. We're the branches. So what's in him is supposed to manifest through us. So his presence in us is supposed to bear fruit on the outside. He doesn't want you to have a nice experience on the inside. He wants that to manifest, that life to manifest on the outside. Hello? And I love it when the church of Jesus Christ praises God and begins to worship God as he intended. It says in Psalm 8, it silences the enemy. So there's a reason for you to praise in the midnight hour. There's a, mid, there's a reason to praise in the dark time. There's a, there's a t- reason to praise when everything seems to be going wrong. When he's talking to you, that devil, that spirit begins to talk, that past of yours begins to talk and say, this is going wrong and this is going wrong. That's the time to praise. Why? Because it shuts him up. Instantly. Well, imagine if it, the whole body of Christ started doing that. Imagine when the whole body of Christ begins to sing over Alabama. Imagine when we begin to praise God. And instead of begging God, we begin to believe him and begin to sing out the word of God as he tells us to do it. Sing it out. Send it out like arrows. It's going to start filling the atmosphere. And any demonic power in this region is going to start backing off. It's going to start moving away. Why? Because you're rising up. Into the spirit realm. You're rising up into the high place. And you're standing in the heavenlies. and Because you are already in there. You're seated in heavenly places in Christ. Therefore you stand up in Christ. And you begin to, begin to take authority over all the works of darkness in an area. Hello? You don't have to cast them down. Just stand up. We're trying to bring them down. God's trying to get us up. Stand. And once you've done all to stand, Stand. Hello? Resist the devil. He'll flee. I got to pull him down. No, just resist him. He flees. He runs from you. Hello? Turn somebody right now and say, I think I'm going to buy the book. (laughs) If you'll turn with me to Psalm 8. Oh, I just quoted it, but we're going to go turn to it anyway. So what's in the, vi- uh, the vine is in the branches. And Jesus has done any- everything to connect you to himself. We've been reconciled with Christ, or to Christ. We are in him. Yeah? yeah? yeah. Well, if we're rooted in him, then what's in him begins to flow through us, that his life might manifest on the outside. Yes. 
If we're filled with the Holy Spirit, isn't the Holy Spirit supposed to manifest through us? How does he manifest through us? Through the ministries, through the gifts, through the anointing. Yes? And if it's, I don't know about you, but it'll come out in me a little bit different than my brother there. Just because of who we are. But it will have the same fruit. It'll have the same demonstration. It may be different demonstrations in the sense of the way healings can happen in any way, can't it? But healing is still healing. Hello? And I might stand here today and say nothing and just say, expect. And boom. How do I know that? Well, just a few months ago, I was in a meeting in a friend's church. and He's taken over a church, about 40 people. And they love the Lord, but they don't know much about the, the Holy Spirit. They don't understand the charismatic. They don't understand the Pentecostal aspect of the Holy Spirit. They, but they're not against it. But they just don't understand it. So he's a Pentecostal word of faith pastor. So he's phoned me up and said, will you come to the church and do some meetings? Come out know, twice a year and just have a weekend with us and just be yourself. Let the gifts flow. Let the ministry. But I want them to see it. Because when they see it they, and you begin to teach on it, they begin to catch it. So I said, sure. And the first night I went there, I stood up and, I, and we'd had some great worship and I stood up and I, I just began to teach in the word. I began to flow in the anointing. I began to flow in words of knowledge and prophecy. I just began to teach in between it and it began to flow quite spontaneously. And at the beginning, I'd said what I said to you, expect the unexpected. Expect God for a miracle. Don't have to wait till the end of the service. At the end of the service, I'm up by the, the t- book table trying to sell my books and talk to people. And this guy just walks up and bra- re- really rude in a sense. I'm having a conversation with somebody. He breaks right in between us and goes, look at that. <laughs> so I looked at his fist. You know, I said, yes, it's your fist. He said, that's a miracle. I said, okay, how is that a miracle? He said, because before I came into this meeting, my hand was paralyzed like that. I couldn't close it. Yeah, but that's the way God used me. Somebody asked, says, come forward. Let me lay hands upon you. And boom, you go down on the floor and you get up healed. Somebody else throws water at you. Somebody else throws a blanket at you. Somebody else casts a demon out of you. I don't know. But there's a multitude of ways for you, for you to manifest the anointing. Some can speak in tongues. Some are in the same tongue. Some, I don't speak in the same tongue. I never know what's going to come out of my mouth. It's a multitude. All I can tell you is a multitude of languages come out of my mouth. Sometimes I feel Russian. Other times I feel African. I felt like a Zulu once. I can remember that. I wanted to go. <laughs> I can remember one time, and there are times you you can turn it off. Of course you can turn it off. But sometimes it overwhelms you, and you're you're so busy listening to it, you don't turn it off. But I can remember thinking I was Japanese or Chinese. And I'm going, that is weird. See, I'm trying to do it now, and I can't do it. But I, I could do it then. It just flowed. But another person said, oh, no, no, I speak in the same tongue all the time. Oh, well, I suppose I read the Bible and it says you can speak in tongues. There's a gift of tongues, plural. Maybe I can help somebody flow in tongues tonight instead of one tongue. One tongue, that sounds like Japanese. 
<laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> mm, when I start talking about the Holy Spirit, I'm about this far away from laughter, you know. I don't know why that is, but I am. Once I get going, sometimes that's the end of it. <clears throat> Some people can sing in tongues. Some people speak in tongues. Some people prophesy by singing. Some people speak it. Some people give visions. Some, you know, in a sense, the small word with a picture. Some people don't give any pictures. They speak the words. Sometimes, sometimes people give all picture. They don't give you any words. They just tell you what the picture is. And it's up to you to discern it. So there's multitudes of ways. But it's the same spirit. I don't even know why I'm focusing on this. But I just feel I'm, I'm supposed to. Maybe the Holy Spirit wants to release some gifts and ministries tonight. You know, the, there's a vast... Oh, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm supposed to go. Okay. There's a vast difference between an, ap, an apostolic ministry or an apostle's ministry and the prophetic or the pastoral. There were two brothers who used to love going up the mountains in America camping. And they'd go hunting for bear. And they were excited because wherever the season is, because we don't camp, we don't do that sort of stuff in our country, but whatever the season is to go and hunt bears, they went up the mountain and they had a famous cabin that they used to rent and they rented it for the weekend and they were excited. They took all the stuff with them. They got up there and the, they got up the next morning early and the one brother was quicker than the other and he wanted to get out and he wanted to go, you know, looking around to see what was about and start planning what they're going to do, where they're going to sit and where they're going to, you know, look for this bear or whatever. And the other brother's a bit slower. He wants breakfast. You know, so the one brother gets really impatient and says, okay, look, I'll go out ahead. I'll just go for a walk and have a look around and come back. And by that time, you'll have breakfast ready. We'll have breakfast and we'll go hunting. And he goes, yeah, sure. We've got plenty of time. We've got four days. We don't have to go out now. He says, no, no, I want to go. I want to go. So he goes shooting off. So the other guy is making the bacon and getting all the breakfast ready and making coffees going. And all of a sudden, you hear this sound of, of a voice shouting, in the distance. He doesn't know what they're shouting. He just hears them shouting. So he turns like this, you know, and he opens the door. And there's his brother running as fast as he can down the mountain. Heading for the, open the door. Open the door. Open the door. And he opens the door. And as he opens the door, he looks behind his brother. And there's this like nine foot bear. The bear's chasing him. And as he gets, as his brother gets right to the door. His bro other brother's thinking... Don't bring him in here. Don't bring him in here. You know, I said, my God, don't bring him in. And the brother, oh, out the way, out the way. And so you at the door, the brother that's running just steps aside and the bear goes straight through the door into the house. And the, other, the brother slams the door and shouts, now you take care of him, I'll go get another one. <laughs> that's the difference between the evangelist and all the other four ministry gifts. <laughs> If you don't know, <laughs> if you don't know your gift, you don't know your purpose. But when you know your purpose, you can cooperate with it. You see, some people don't have a clue what the difference is between the five. Well, they know what an evangelist is. Billy Graham. Ten crusade, Rainer Bonker. Big meetings. Shh. Okay. That's one aspect of it, I suppose. You know, they know what the pastor is, they think. 
He's the one on the platform that does all the preaching, got the title. Okay, it's not a, that's not in my Bible at all. I can't find that anywhere. We don't want to go down there. You can buy my book. All right? But I don't want to go down that road. Uh, but if you don't know what the role of the gift is or the ministry is, you can't work with it. Because your theology is in a box. And that's what's happened to the church. We've got the church in a box to such a degree that we think a, a, a person's ministry is this. Therefore, it only works there. The problem is God's going, yeah, but I didn't give it that purpose. And that's not where it's supposed to function. It's supposed to function over here. Well, if you take something out of its rightful, biblical, God-given, assigned place, it will not bear fruit. Because the Holy Spirit can't flow through it. The Holy Spirit was there and can bring the blessing, but the fruitfulness we're looking for will not work. Any diff, it's exactly the same. If you take a plant and you plant it in a part of your garden that it's not intended to be in, it will not flourish. It'll stay alive, but it will not flourish. And it will not bear fruit. Hello? It just won't. Because God's made it for an assigned place turn to somebody and say I think he's hooking you in you have an assigned place I talked about that down in uh, Kusada Millbrook I don't I never know what's the name of the actual place where the church is Elmo okay because about 15 different names have been given to me over the years I spoke in it in Elmo. I spoke in it last night, this morning. God has a purpose for everything under heaven. And there is a time, a season, an allotted time, an allotted season, and an allotted assigned place for everything. That means you. That means the gift inside of you has an allotted place to flow. Hello? Jesus went to, to his own hometown, and it says he could hardly do anything because of the unbelief. And yet he could go to another part of the same nation and vroomp. Why? The atmosphere. So guess why Jesus always wanted to be in Decapolis? Because that's where the miracles happened. That's where he always saw most of his miracles was in that area of Israel. He loved being there. Because the gift flows. Well, if you've got a gift, don't you want it to flow? Don't you want it to be flourishing? Don't you want it to multiply? Don't you want it to be fruitful? I always think, if I could be in a place and get one miracle, that's fantastic. But if I could find myself in a place where suddenly everybody in the building gets healed, and they say, stay over, and the next night this happens again, and the next night, and the next... Guess where I want to be? It doesn't take rocket science, surely. I'm just getting a glimpse of, maybe I'm in the right place for this season. It's your fruitfulness that tells you if you're in the right place. The freedom and the liberty of the Holy Spirit through you tells you whether you're in your assigned place, doing what you're meant to do. He is evidencing it, not because he's pleased with you. He's pleased with you all the time. No, but it's just a a law of the Spirit. You know, if you put a singer who can sing on the platform, it's nice. If you sound, put somebody up there who sounds like a drowning duck, 
who can't hold a tune to save their life. It's agony. It's heaven for them. It's agony for the rest of us. Why? Out of place. Out of place. We have to find our place and know our purpose. Okay. Look at uh, 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 Psalm 8, verse 1. I haven't got it in front of me. Could, could, can I borrow you, steal your Bible a moment? Psalm 8, 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth who has set the glory Set your glory above the heavens. And out of your mouth, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. Is any baby Christians in here? Any still on milk, sucklings? Any baby Christians who are still on the milk of the word? No? Hmm, maybe that ought to be a word for us to rebuke us. <laughs> a church, a family that doesn't give birth to new babies dies. But when new babies come in, I'm telling you, they. here I go again. I'm a granddaddy. I got a five-week-old grand. I tell you, a five-week-old baby coming into the house, there is nothing like it. I'll hold him. I'll hold him. Hold on. Don't put him down. I'll hold him. I'll feed him. I'll change his diapers. I'll do it. I'll do it. Why? I can't help it. I just love babies. We should have that attitude in church. We love baby Christians. We should want them. Go make some. <laughs> out, of the, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings has you ordained strength because of your enemies that you might distill the enemy and the avenger. Wow. You will quieten. Why? But then before he even says that, he says, Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. What's his name? What's the name of God? Oh Lord, oh Lord, how excellent is your name. It's only a hint. What's his name? Excellent. Excellent is your name. His name is excellent. Therefore, he can't do anything bad. Whatever he does has an excellent anointing, an excellent spirit, an excellent manifestation. And the fruit of it is excellence. Why? Because the root of it is excellence. Therefore, the fruit of it is excellence. If I'm a man, I'll give birth to... Well, if I'm a human, I'll give birth to a human. Yeah? Monkeys give birth to monkeys. God produces... God. You are gods, the psalm says. I didn't say you were him, but you do have his nature. My son is a man. My son is a human. I'm his father. He's not me, but he is just like me. The nature in me is in him. Hello? That doesn't make him me, but it does make him the same as me. Hello? Hello? Yeah, we are the same as God. Not in, not in the stature, not in position, but in nature. We've been given the DNA of God. We have been birthed by God. Therefore, if that's the root that's in our spirit, what comes out is going to be the same as him. If he is excellent, then excellence is supposed to come through us. I don't think brokenness is excellence. When I see something broken, I want to fix it. Hello? When something creaks, I want to oil it. When something doesn't shut properly, like a door, or open properly, I want to plane it. I want to cut it 
back I want to do something that the, so when I we moved into this new house we moved into a, just over a year ago there was stuff in there that I wasn't happy with so I went about fixing I wanted it the way I wanted it. Why? I want my house to reflect me. I want it to look like me. So we painted it to look like us. We, we moved furniture in and moved furniture out. We, we changed everything so that the house reflected us. Our values, our nature, our pleasure. It, I, if it wasn't working, I fixed it. I wanted it to work properly. If it didn't, uh, if, yeah. If the garden was a mess, I want to make it look like a garden. I want to put flowers in there. I want, it to, I want the decking cleaned of all the moss. I want, to, I want to sit out there and have a nice view. I want, so I work and work painting walls, painting fences, do whatever needs to be done. Why? Because that's something inside me that I don't want to see run down, broken, old. I want to see it fixed. Hello? When I say old, I mean old. Broken down. I don't mean just old. I mean some things that are old are really fantastic. Antiques are great. Hello? Turn to the person alongside you and say, he's not talking about you. <laughs> you know, when I, I, I was pastoring a church, I remember coming out of my office one day. We had some problems. And I just said, can we, can we move our photocopier? We had a big old photocopy. Can we move that to here? Because if we move to here, it sorts everything out. And somebody says, well, we could, but there's no electricity in that part. I said, well, can't somebody get us an electrician and move the electric into that area, plug it in, and we will. So they said, yeah, we'll, we'll phone an electrician. I go out for lunch, come back about two, two hours late. There's an electric cable running down the wall. It's coming through the roof, one of these sites over the, the wall from the other office, through the, through the ceiling things, tiles, down the wall, and there's a socket about this big, nailed to the wall, and this old wire running down the wall. I couldn't help myself. There are times I lose all sense of dignity and all sense of control over my thoughts. They just come out of my mouth. And I looked at it and said, what blithering idiot did that and my caretaker was standing right by the side of me I did well if you're going to do a job do it right the first time because if you don't do it right the first time you're going to do it right the second time because I'm going to make you do it right take that thing away and do it right what was you wanted electric I didn't just want the electric I wanted to look right that's not excellence that's just fix yeah, but excellently fix it. So if God is going to do something in your life, he's going to excellently fix it. He's not going to just touch it up and, and cover it over. He's going to fix it. And if he wants to use you in the kingdom and the works of the kingdom, he's going to demonstrate through you excellence. He's going to excellent spirit. Okay. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 to 40, or 33 and 40. I'm not going to put it up. The guys are going to put it up here. It speaks of God being a God of order. If God is a God of excellence and God is a God of order, I guess he must be saying order is excellence. And an excellent spirit is order. You can't separate them. God is a God of order. He's not a God of confusion. He's not a God of just go, do it. He's a God of 
planning. He's a God of administration. He's a God of structure. He's a God that knows what he is building and builds it for eternity. He doesn't build it slapdash. And he didn't come into your life to slapdash fix your life. He came in to fix it and bring it back into alignment with a blueprint. And he is doing everything in his power to turn your mind back to a mind of the spirit of excellence and the spirit of order. He is moving in your life and every word you hear from the Holy Spirit, every time you read the word, I guarantee his word is trying to pierce the darkness in every one of our hearts and pierce our blindnesses to give us revelation that Paul Pulls our life, pulls our understanding into alignment with his. Why? Because out of the heart flow the issues of life. And what's in the heart is in the mind. And he says, the spirit, he turns the spirit of the mind. He said, put off the old and put on the new by the renewing of the spirit of the mind. The spirit of the mind, when it is a poverty mind, will control you to such a point that even though you're a prince of God, even though that you've been blessed with every blessing in God, and God has given you a prosperous spirit. The prosperous spirit is in your spirit, but in your soul, your mind, you have stinking thinking called poverty. And poverty will stop the prosperity flowing. It's in your spirit, but it can't come out because your mind is not in alignment with what's in your spirit. So the work of the Word of God is to realign your thinking to get into alignment with the truth of what's in your spirit. And when the two agree on earth, Anything can happen. He said that. If two of you agree on earth asking anything, I will do it. How can he promise you that? How does the heck does he know what you're going to ask? What, can I tell you what he's referring to? What's in your spirit? When you ask here and you understand here the same thing, boom, out will come. Because your soul has got out of the way. Your soul has realigned it. When the wounds are the wounds of life, damage your soul they damage your mindset rejection might have happened to you but you don't have to have a spirit of rejection all of mankind rejected Jesus at the cross do you think Jesus had a spirit of rejection no he loved them he forgave them what people do to you you can't control but you can control your response I've always said you, you can't stop a bird flying over the roof of your house. But you can stop it building a nest in it. Hello? And when our stinking thinking has been influenced by lifestyle, culture, uh, uh, inherited thinking patterns from your parents, we grow up with them. The work of the Holy Spirit is to knock every one of those blindnesses down and begin to give you revelation and insight to the truth. And when you get it, it releases like a key, releases the lock of your spirit and out comes the, the same thing that's in the Word of God. God has not given you any other spirit than himself. He's a God of order. And when my mind comes into alignment, the order begins to flow. Titus 1.5 says this. For this reason or purpose, I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Paul looked at Timothy, at Titus, and knew his purpose. And his purpose was to stay in Crete. And put everything in order. 
Now, one of the shocking things that happened to me one day when I was reading that, it doesn't say put in order the church. It says set in order the things that are lacking. But he's just told you he set, left him in Crete, the island of Crete. And God has put an apostle in an island, put everything in order. You see what the church has done is think that the apostles are just for the, the mission field to plant churches. But because of that concept, when every, another person tries to step out, when the apostle tries to step out from that structure and that concept, we think there's something wrong. No, Titus is telling us and showing us the role of an apostle is for the city. It's for the region. It's to set in order everything's lacking. Why? Because the apostle deals with the structure. It deals with the foundational doctrine. It makes the church come into alignment with the way God wants the church. It's revealed in the New Testament by an apostle. It's by the apostles, I should say. It tells us in Acts that the apostles lay down the foundation of the doctrine. And therefore, all apostles have that gift. They are foundational. They're not building foundations in the natural. They're they're building foundations in the spiritual. If you want a foundation in the church, call an apostle. You can't call a pastor. A pastor can't give you what he doesn't have. A pastor can only give you what he has, and he doesn't have foundation. The apostle has foundation, a foundation that will stand in the test of time. He can lay it down. He can show you what the, the church is there for, and he lays it out to affect the city and the region, and he will cause your congregation to be in alignment with that congregation and that congregation and that congregation. Why? Because there's only one blueprint. There's only one vision. There's only one plan. God has it. And an apostle lays it down in the understanding of our spirit. And when it's laid down in our spirit and we grasp what the role of the apostle is, then out of our spirit, we begin to flow with it. Why? Because we understand purpose. We understand his purpose. We can receive the apostle when we understand his purpose. But I can tell you now, if you don't understand I'm a, 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 an apostle and you think I'm an evangelist, I tell you, I go all over America. I am absolutely staggered. I keep saying, I'm not an evangelist. Why do you keep putting on the posters an evangelist? I'm not an evangelist. No, I know. No, I know. I, yeah, you're, you're an apostle. Well, put it up there if you want to put something. Say, win an apostle. Don't call me evangelist win. That's wrong anyway. But call, don't, please don't say win the evangelist. I'm not an evangelist. Because if you put the word evangelist, they think Billy Graham. So everybody comes thinking it's going to be a Billy Graham style meeting. I couldn't do a Billy Graham for the same my life. You know, they, they, they put a tag on you. And then all of a sudden, everybody expects the evangelist. I said, why do you do that? And I went, well, um. You're a traveling ministry. So what? All traveling ministries now, evangelists. So it doesn't matter if we're a prophet, a teacher, an apostle. Uh, uh, what else? Yeah. We're all evangelists. Do you think that's a bit wacky? Do you think that's odd? Do you think there's something wrong with that picture? And they'll all say, yeah. Well, stop doing it. Stop calling somebody what they're not. Because what you do is put the expectancy on people that this is an evangelist, so they're looking for an evangelist. And when the evangelist is up, not up there and not flowing in the evangelistic anointing, they can't receive it. Yeah. So he's trying to be an apostle, or she's trying to be a prophet, but you said she's a pastor. <laughs> yeah. Hello? 
And you call this person an apostle and they're not an apostle, they're an evangelist. Stop calling them what they aren't. Call them what they are. Let's bring the body of Christ back. Why? Because that what I call, I receive from. Okay. Let's, let's just do this. I have a, a, a place I take my car when it's broken down. It's, uh, and the guy is, there, is a car fitter. We call him a car fitter. They fit, fix cars, you know, car fitter. But let's call him a doctor, a brain surgeon. Let's call him a brain surgeon for a moment. Would you take your brain to him? But I've just called him a brain surgeon. Well, surely if he's a brain surgeon, he can do brain surgery. Because I called him a brain surgeon. And when he comes out with a set of spanners and wrenches, hammers and chisels, and goodness knows, (laughs) screwdrivers about this big, and says, okay, I'm going to fix you. I mean, you're going to... What are you doing? Why? Well, all it is is terminology. Yeah, but that's our problem. Yes. If you, do, you see, if you think God is building church, you've got a real problem. In the sense, if you think the vision for our lives is to build churches, you've got a real problem because you're not working where God is working. And therefore, what he wants to do can't flow. Why? Because you're out of alignment. We're called to seek first the kingdom of God. When we seek first the kingdom of God, he builds the church. When we seek first the kingdom of God, we begin to get into alignment. The gift of the Holy Spirit within us begins to flow and we begin to flourish. Hello? And so there's a a need for us to understand the purpose of something. To set in order everything that's lacking. Wow. So God put the Holy Ghost inside of you to set something in order that's lacking. Now we know that's the role of an apostle, but the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and evangelist have one purpose, to equip you to flow in everything that they're flowing in. Oh, the evangelist is supposed to raise up evangelists. No. He's supposed to raise up disciples. But he's working with the apostle, and the prophet, and the pastor, and the teacher. All five of them are supposed to equip the one disciple with the fullness of Christ. Wow. I need them all. I need the teaching of them all coming into my life. I need to be affected by them all. Why? Because the apostle brings out things none of the others do. The pastor brings out something nobody else brings. The evangelist brings out something that nobody else brings. We need that. Why? Because Jesus was all five. And he, the head is coming back for a body. He's not coming for a schizophrenic body. He's not coming from a, a body that's split in five. Oh, there's the evangelist part. There's the pastor part. There's the evangelist. No, he's coming back for a body that matches the head. The head and the body will be one and the same. The flow, what's in the head is in the body. So we need the fivefold ministries to equip us that we might walk in maturity in all five areas. So that when we go out, we now reproduce the same thing. We walk in the fullest. God wants you to walk in the fullness of the Godhead. Amen. Turn with me finally to Numbers 147. Mm. 
Numbers 147. If you've heard me preach at all about this, then you know what I say about the book of Numbers. I think it should be renamed the book of orders or the book of alignment. It says very little about numbers at all, but it says an awful lot about alignment and order. And I want us to look at this a moment before I bring this tighter to the close. But the Levite, verse 47, but the Levites were not listed among them, with them by their ancestral tribe. For the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, only the tribe of Levi you shall not list, and you shall not take a census of them among the people of Israel. But appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony and over all its furnishings and over all that belongs to it. They are to carry the tabernacle and all its furnishings and they shall take care of it and camp around the tabernacle. When the tabernacle is to set out, the Levites shall take it down. And when the tabernacle is to be pitched, the Levites should set it up. And any outsider that comes near shall be put to death. (laughs) It's not your job. Bam! Wrong place, wrong time. Trying to do what God has not assigned you to do is dangerous. Hello? I've known people go through catastrophe in ministry because they're trying to be something God never intended them to be. All because of a prophecy. And because somebody prophesied over them something, they'd never heard the Holy Spirit say it, but somebody came and prophesied over them that this was their ministry, and off they went to try and fulfill it. And it nearly killed them, nearly destroyed them. And I always say to people, don't, don't get into the ministry unless God drags you into it. It's bad enough in in his will, let alone when you're out of it. Hello? When the tabernacle is to set out, the Levites take it down. And when the tabernacle is to be pitched, the Levites set it up. If any outsider comes near, he should be put to death. The people of Israel shall pitch their tents by their companies, each man in his own camp and each man by his own standard. But the Levites shall camp around the tabernacle of the testimony so that there may be no wrath on the congregation of the people of Israel. And the Levites shall keep guard over the tabernacle of the testimony. Thus did the people of Israel. They did according to all the 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 Lord commanded Moses. There was order and there was a layout. And because of the way God spoke to Moses and Moses told Israel, this is what the tabernacle will look like. This is the order of the tabernacle. This is the people that will look after the tabernacle. They are the ones that will pick it up and put it down. And this is the way the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes, will camp all the way around the tabernacle. Three to the north, three to the south, three to the east, three to the west. And he tells them which ones are to stand where. And the camps on the east side, on the east side, Jews. Judah is to be in the middle of the three facing the the gate. Judah didn't have a choice. Judah is told where their assigned place is. Why? Because God knows their gift and God knows their purpose. And they are to set there because that's when they will be fruitful. You see, Judah, it comes from the word yada, which means to stretch out your hands in praise. So these are the people of praise and they're camped 
right outside the east gate of the tabernacle. In other words, you can't get any closer to the entrance of tabernacle than Judah. They were to stand there and they could look through the gate and they could see the place of worship. They could see the glory of God. They could see what was happening. But on the east side is also the place of the rising of the sun. So they were the first people to see the morning sun. They were the first ones to see this is a brand new day. And so they would pick up their trumpet and they were the ones that were to declare prophetically to everybody this is a new day the new day has begun God wanted them on that side and began to give them a trumpet because they were the prophetic voice of God to declare something over the people of worship are the people of prophecy they begin to prophesy they begin to sing out over the people of God and when the angel when the the, the pillar of fire began to move that one of their trumpeters had to sit there in the middle of the night in the middle of the day waiting for that pillar of fire to move and when it moved as it started to move he had to blow a signal we're on the move but everybody was camped in a set place and there was a it's a long it's a long bible study to unpack all of that but that's how they they were packed they were planted in the shape of a cross 12 miles from east to west 12 miles from north to south and it took a series of trumpet blasts all the way through from east to west for Judah to say we're on the move it's a new day we're moving well it took about 10 minutes I suppose before it got 12 miles away to the back where Dan was Dan was the rear guard. Dan was the defender. But never once did God ever say he wanted the front to get ahead of the back and say, we don't need the ones at the back to know. We're on the cutting edge. Let's just go. No, God wants to take the whole, the whole people with him. He wants everybody to march. And and that's what they did. They marched in the shape of a cross. It's quite phenomenal. It was so in order that the enemies were terrified. When they saw this shape moving across, in order, you see, in order sends a spirit out. It sends a message out to all our enemies, sends a message out to the spirit realm around us. When there is order in the house, when there's order in the camp, it sends out a message. When they were moving across the camp, Everybody was in the right place. Everybody was doing the right job. And it, God tells it even tells you inside the Levites who was to carry the ark, who was to take the veil down, who was to carry the, the, the table of showbread, who was supposed to take the candlestick, who was supposed to do that, who was supposed to put it on the carts, who was supposed to drive the carts. They didn't all just do it. They had an assigned place. God is specifically assigning people to a task. It's minute stuff. If you read the book of, uh, of order, <laughs> the book of numbers, if you read it, you'll see God is a, a specific God. He is nailing you. It's not just, well, I suppose Alabama will be okay. No, if he wants you in Jemison, it's going to be Jemison. And guess what? It's not that side of the street. It's that side of the street. He is very specific of what he wants to do. And he's very specific in how he wants your gift to flow. He said to me one day, you will not go to the nations very often that don't speak your own language. So I get a million invitations to go all over the world. I can go, no. Why? Because it won't work. That's not my assignment. My assignment is to the westernized church. 
My assignment as an apostle is to bring alignment to the Western church back into a New Testament model. Now somebody else has to do it elsewhere, but that's my assignment. And my assignment is, is also a, a, a sense of a prophetic in the, in the book of, his, uh, of, of Jeremiah. God says, I'll give you a forehead like flint and you will uproot and cast out, pull down, overthrow, plant and build. In other words, you'll change it. You'll uproot the stuff that's been there for such a long time. You'll destroy its hold and you'll change everything and you'll plant something new. And that's my gift. Don't ask me to do the children's church. I've done that just once to prove it doesn't work. Wrong person in wrong place. Hello? Amen. God has an assignment for you. God has an assigned place for every person in order for them not just to be equipped, but also to release their gift. God has an assigned place. I had an evangelist who raised me up under the ministry to teach me how to flow in the gifts. His name was Peter Scudden. He was known for healings and miracles. He, he, uh, he was from the area where Smith Wigglesworth came from. He's the sort of guy that they would handle, hand a, a child. And I remember this in Sierra Leone, handed him a child that was totally paralyzed. A little baby, weeks or months old, handed him, said he's paralyzed. And he asked the Holy Spirit, how do I do this? And he saw something. So he just dropped the baby and kicked it. And as the baby is running, flying through the air, all you heard was click, 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 click. And by the time it landed in its mother's arms, it was well. You try that. But one of the characteristics he told me, one of the things he said is, every, every person with a healing gift has a strength in certain aspects of healing. And he said, mine is arthritis. Anybody coming in with arthritis goes out well. And I began to watch that. And it's true. There are certain gifts as they flow, healing gifts that flow, and it's just for blind eyes. And people get spontaneously, eyesight problems get healed. But they can pray for somebody's backache and it won't go. Because there is anointing. There's a place for you to flow in it. There's an assignment for you. There's a logjam in the body of Christ sometimes of where they are in this process. I said to you at the very beginning, you can be in the kingdom born and yet not operating as a son. Because in your mind, you're still bound by slavery and servanthood spirits. But you're not saved to be a servant you're not saying, yes, we are servants. You know what I mean? But a servant never, ever becomes a son. But a son can have a servant spirit. Hello? And some people, they get saved, but you never break free, break them free from a slavery mentality. So all the time God has given them everything, they operate like a slave. And a slave only does what it's told. A servant only does what it's paid for. You've got you to tempt them to serve. You've got to forever tell them how wonderful they are. You've got to give them something. 
A slave just puts their hand in their pocket, doesn't do it unless you actually tell them, because they're not going to do anything of themselves. They're just... You didn't tell me to pick it up, so I'm not picking it up. You didn't tell me to move it over there, so I'm not moving it over there. They're like children. For goodness sake, catch the spirit of the Father. If you catch the spirit of the Father, that means you're a son. Because you've caught his spirit. So when I was, I was pastoring the church and we had the church, I never had to ask, never, nobody ever had to tell me to pick the trash up. If there was trash on the floor, I would just bend down, pick it up, and put it in the trash. Why? Because my, the spirit of excellence inside of me wanted this facility to look excellent. And when I saw a chair out of a line, I didn't look for the janitor. Well, that's your job. I had an attitude of, I want excellence. So I, I would, my son caught the same spirit. I never told him once. When you walk around the building, pick the trash up. When you walk around the building, move the chairs. When you walk around the building, close the doors. Pull the blinds down. When you walk around, do this, do that. I didn't have to tell him. He just had my spirit. And every time he walked around the building, he would do exactly what I would do without me saying so. Why? Because he had the same spirit as his father. He had a spirit of excellence and this was his vision. This was his house. This was something he had taken on with his dad. So it wasn't just his dad building the house. It was the father and the son cooperating in the same spirit with the same purpose. There was excellence to be in the house. There, and he wanted order in the house. So Matthew had order. He had a spirit that wanted everything in its right place. Why? Because his daddy had that I want the right people in the right place doing the right thing. Why? Because it's the only way the anointing moves properly. Because the work of the kingdom is not done by talent. It's done by the anointing. It's not done by cleverness. It's done by the anointing. It's not done by what man says is good. It's done by what God says is anointing. It's the anointing and the gift and the place of assignment is all in alignment and it begins to flow. And God is able to do what he wants to do. And the house begins to take out on earth. The house begins to reflect the house in heaven. And the anointing begins to fix things. It begins to sort marriages. It begins to sort families. It begins to sort bodies and souls and minds. And it begins to sort businesses out. Why? Because everything is in order. Everything is in alignment. And God has not saved you to keep a slave mentality or a servant mentality. But have the spirit of well, to have the spirit of the Father means I have the mind of Christ. And I've always said, there's something better than knowing what God is thinking. It's to think just like Him. And if you have the mind of Christ, you have the mindset of Christ. That's what that means. You have the mindset of Christ. Therefore, when Paul says to Titus, stay in Crete to set everything in order, that wasn't hard for Titus. It was the most natural thing in the world. It was a step of faith, but it was the most natural thing in the world. Why? Because that's what he was called to do. Rainer Bonker may have had to step out in faith and do everything the way he's doing, but to ask him to preach the gospel to see people saved, that's the easiest thing in the world. Why? Because it's what he's gifted to do. That's his call. That's why it works. That's why we give him money for tent crusades. That's why we give him the finances to do what he's called to do. Why? Because it's oozing out of his it's oozing out of his spiritual pores. He I don't know what it is about him, but he's just five minutes in his presence, I want to empty my bank account. <laughs> I just want to help him go to Peru. I want to buy 500 blankets. I don't know. Just 
There's something. Why? Because that's his gift. He's doing exactly what God gave him to do. And it's effervescent. It's infectious. It gets all over you. Hello? I get around Pastor Eric. I get around him and he's talking. Do you know all he wants me to do? I want to get out my Kenneth Hagen tapes. I want to get out my Kenneth Copeland books. I want to get out my faith messages. I want to preach them all over again. He just gets under my skin. Why? Because that's his gift. There is something about if you lack in faith or struggling with it, just rub shoulders with this guy and talk to him about the word. And before you know where you are, hello? Absolutely. I get around my daughter-in-law. She's a worshipper. She's a classical trained pianist, but she, she plays like Hillsong stuff. And she is so good. You know, she just starts playing before I know where I am. I go all over the world. I said to her the other day, she's, she, I was in the house with her and she's got the grand piano there and I go, oh, come on, sing. Come on, play that thing. I haven't, played, she, I'm, she, I haven't seen her lead worship in years, obviously, because I travel. And so I sat by the side of the stool. She starts playing all the Hillsong stuff that we used to sing, you know. Before I know what I am, I'm crying like a baby. I said, I can go all over the world. There is no, not one place in the world I would sooner sit than right here. Because there is something about my daughter-in-law leading worship with me. I just, ah, oh my goodness. It just flows and flows. The prophetic begins to flow. I started prophesying over my family. Just sitting there. Why? Because I was in the right place at the right time. And the gift was able to flow because of what she was doing. It rubbed off on me. Hello? We need to be in an understanding. We're in a, an assignment for the father's business. And we need to have a mentality broken off of us that we think like sons, heirs, royalty. That this earth does not belong to the devil. It doesn't belong to sin. It doesn't belong to the world. It belongs to you. It belongs to me. It belongs to the Father, therefore it belongs to us. And if it's out of whack then it's not the Father is going to come and do it. He is going to raise up people who've got vision and purpose in their hearts to do something about it. Alabama will remain as Alabama is until the church decides to do something about Alabama. When the church begins to take up its rightful place of authority in the spirit realm and begins to praise and begins to command and begins to speak and begins to move and realize, do you know when there's a healing anointing? When the people who've got a healing gift begin to lay hands upon the sick with faith, knowing in here and knowing in here the same thing, the healing anointing begins to flow. But while we're trying to build church, we're out of whack. So how can we be a help when we're trying to do what Jesus is supposed to do instead of what we're supposed to do? He said, seek the kingdom, I'll build the church. You say, no, let's build the church. Lord, build the kingdom. It can't work. It's backwards. Hello? Amen. Would you stand with me? Jesus' name. There's somebody in the room right now. The Lord is asking you to do something in the ministry. He's asking you to do something by faith. 
and you are really, <gasps> how? How is that possible? That's going to take a miracle, Lord. Would you come forward, wherever you are? Who, who is that person? I heard it as I came in through the doors tonight. There's somebody in here, you see this opportunity that God is speaking to you, telling you, and you're looking at the, the costing, you're looking at how can that happen. Thank you. Can you put that music, Elliot? Can you put that music on in the background? Jesus' name. Who's got a prophetic gift? Come on, bro. Prophesy over our brother. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. in you to release the thing that you desire as you open up to me and allow the spirit of a living God to rise to rise out of you in this season you shall see and you shall know that I am God for the anointing with its resident within the inside of you shall destroy every yoke and remove every burden and as you step forward in faith, do not step forth in your own strength, but in my ability. As you speak forth and declare the victory, you shall see the manifestation and you shall know that I am God that is working in you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we break in the name of Jesus. We break every spirit of limitation. We release it right now. We release you, brother. We release you to see what God says is totally possible right now in Jesus name the easiest thing that you've ever done I release that anointing to tear down and overthrow and cast out every doubt and insecurity and every wavering spirit I declare in the name of Jesus you shall be strong you shall be planted of the Lord the word of the Lord shall rise up within you and you shall bear fruit you shall flourish in the things of God in the hand of God in the purpose of God you shall make known that God is in the house you shall make known that God has called you because this thing shall prosper and be in health. Jesus mighty name. Now go. 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 Go in the name of Jesus. In Jesus mighty name. Jesus name. Jesus name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. Turn to somebody right now and say, I know my identity. I'm a son of the Most High God. You might know you're a son, but you might not know your purpose. If you don't know what your purpose is, come forward. We're going to pray for you right now. We're going to lay hands on you and the anointing is going to start manifesting in your life and beginning to show you quite clearly what you are, who you are, what you're called to do. That God wants to see every single part of the body operating. My friend, when a part of the body that God gave you, do you know my wife uh, went to see her when she first discovered she had breast cancer and she went to the doctor's. And the doctors said, well, the, 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 the one lymph node under here has been affected, so we're going to take it out. In fact, we're going to take out the ones under both arms and, and somewhere else, I've forgotten what they said, uh, 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 hoping that will stop it spreading. And I just asked a question. I said, doesn't she, you know, is that going to cause her problems elsewhere? Doesn't she need those nodes? And this flippant answer, this doctor, this surgeon just said, oh, no, you've got hundreds of them. You don't need them. So I just couldn't help myself again. One of those moments, I just said, well, God gave them to us, so we must need them. Even if you don't know what they're for, we must need them. We might be able to get away with them, but please don't say we don't need them. Otherwise, God gave us something that was needless. God has never given us anything needless at all. Hello? There's every facet of your being is needed at some point in your life. Hello? And every part of the body of Christ is needed and has to flow in its purpose. And if you don't know your purpose, then all you think you are is a church attender. Because that's the religious mentality of what's going on in the Western world. But you're not. You're a kingdom establisher. You're, a, an, a, you're one that pushes the boundary. The extension of his kingdom knows no end. Why? Because you keep pushing it out and pushing it out. He's looking for people to take the kingdom into the business world. Where's the business people? We need to anoint them to send them into the world. What for? To extend the purpose and the structure and the order of the kingdom that the, ki- the business world might come into order. Hello? Hello? One Iraqi Christian has changed without any fuss, without anything being on CNN, Fox News or any of the newspapers. One Iraqi Christian has shown the World Banking Association, organization, that we have to change the way we do banking all around the world or we're going to implode and cause World War III. And 10 years ago, they started to believe him. And they are changing the world. Why? Because they could see what was going to happen. Everything he said was true. A Christian, a Christian influenced the whole banking world of the world. And the world has responded and is going to come into alignment with it and change the way we do banks. Hello? Hello? That's incredible. One Christian. God wants to change the world, the business world, through Christians. He wants to take the kingdom and bring the business world in order, the educational world. What about the, what about the TV world, the media world? Don't abdicate it, invade it. Invade the media world and begin to use, invade the internet. Don't get afraid of the internet. Say, oh, there's so much rubbish on the internet. Invade it. It's a mission field. Invade it. 
Somebody with technology, invade it. Some with creative ability, invade it. Take the kingdom and put order back in. Where's the ones who are called to family life, to bring structure in marriages and family? Let's invade. Don't just stand by and say, well, 50% of the population of America have divorces. As if, well, oh, well, praise God. There it is. No, no, don't just pray. Invade. Who's the person that's called? What are you called to? If you don't know what you're called to, I want to ask you, come forward. Come forward. It's a time where God is saying, I will show you. I will give you. I will demonstrate to you vision. God is no respecter of persons. I was a baby Christian, just worshiping God at home. And everything in me was just an attitude. I just wanted to serve the purposes of God. And in that moment, he walked in. I didn't see him, but I felt him. He came in with a holy, righteous anointing. And he just spoke as clear as can be. I've called you to preach the gospel to the nations. And he began to unpack to me what I just unpacked to you. I will give you a forehead like flint. I said, why do I need a forehead like flint? Forty years later, I understand why I need a forehead like flint. My friend, he didn't do it because I was a special Christian. He just did it because I hungered to do what God wanted done. That's all I did. And he walked into my life and said, I've called you to preach the gospel. And this is where you're going to do it. And this is how you're going to And in a few weeks after that, he showed me a, a, a vision that would cover the whole of my life. And I'm still walking in the fulfillment of that vision. I'm still walking it out. It still guides me. It's tell, told me what I am to do. And if I know what I am to do, I know what I'm not to do. I know where I'm supposed to do it. And that means I know where I'm not supposed to do it. If you don't know your purpose, you'll be aimless. You know it's Peru. Do you know it's anywhere else? No. You just know it's Peru. You know for sure it's Peru. Do you know what, what parts of Peru you're still to go to? Or is it just anywhere? No, what parts? It's in the, in the, the uh, remote villages in the mountains. What I'm going to do, I'm going to advance the kingdom. Amen. Stretch out your hands to brother, brother Rod, uh, Rod, Robert, uh, Ronald. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, we release that miracle anointing. That miracle anointing and grace of Jesus Christ. That you will show him the way to make heaven come to earth in those regions in the area. We give him the release we say to, we declare right now the release of every financial provision, natural provision, resources, opportunities to preach, opportunities to touch government and influence the whole physical region and bring it into order with the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, we declare in Jesus' name, every, even the farming world. Yes. The building world, the educational world will be influenced by this man's anointed. Father, we release it. That what you spoke into being before the foundations of the world, we declare in Jesus' name, it shall be released. Yes. And in this next three years, there shall be an increase. Yes. An increase of favor, yes. an increase of power, yes. an increase of ability, an increase yes. of activity yes. in Peru for our dear brother Ronald. Thank we thank you in Jesus' name mighty name thank you lord and we declare 
that people will be drawn alongside him and catch the spirit of the Father and join him that it might multiply. Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, show my brother your purpose. Show my brother and release it. Release in him the power of the Holy Spirit that opens his understanding right now in the name of Jesus. That he will know his purpose, know his calling, know the gifts. Jesus' mighty name. Know where he is to abide. Know where he's to be rooted. Know how he's to do it. In Jesus' mighty name, I declare right now. Robokosha, the blind shall see, the deaf shall hear. I just declare right now that you shall speak your vision. You shall speak it out as one with authority. I declare the Lord will show it to you in a moment. And you will know it and make it known. And it will be strong. And it will be powerful. I declare you will unlock doors that have been locked. I declare in Jesus' name. Where there has been no move of God, there shall come a move of God. There shall come the move of the Spirit. Out of your mouth will flow rivers of living water. The Spirit of God shall flow in you and you shall utter things that you've never dreamed of. You shall speak with new tongues and you shall prophesy and you shall make known the prophetic vision in Jesus' name. You shall declare it over people. You shall declare it over a region and it shall come to pass. In Jesus' name. I loose you from every other slate, spirit and mindset other than the sons. I release in you the ability of the sonship of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus, mighty name. I want you to put your hand over your spirit, will you will tonight? Jesus' name. I want you to say this over yourself. I am the spiritual portal of God. And I open it. And I'm going to stay open in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Do you know what? I'm preaching tonight and I can feel the resistance in the spirit. I can, not, not because of you. I'm just saying I can feel it. Because it's almost as if the kingdom of darkness certainly doesn't want you operating in your gift and your ministry and your anointing. Jesus' name. You need, to, you need to release what's inside of you. You're the spiritual portal. You command that anointing to flow out of you. That influence to flow out of you. In Jesus' name. Karabason Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I have people that you don't even know of who've been listening to you. I have people that have not been affected yet, but they shall be affected through you. I will cause them to come to you. I will cause the doors to open for you. And you shall raise up time after time after time a people hungry for the things of the anointing and the Spirit. For I have called you. You are, you are a person that are, releases the Spirit, releases the anointing, releases the gifts. Go ahead, release them. 
Release them for my son. Release them that my body might become powerful and walk in the anointing and release the potential of my spirit in all its glory. Go in the power of my spirit and that barn that is empty will become full. Those doors that are closed will become open. Jesus' name, those rivers that have run dry shall flow again. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Set the house in order. Set the house in order. Jesus' name. Jesus name Jesus name Jesus name Jesus name He knows your every need He knows your every thought and I hear the Holy Spirit saying yes and amen That's not a revelation because it's in the Bible but I sense it's a timing for you that this is a season where he will answer your prayers in a flourish. One after the other, after the other. When you've been praying for certain things a long time, but now says the Lord, I will release them. I will release those anointings and those miracles. I will release those answers to prayer right now. Be filled and released in the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Jesus It's harvest time. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. Jesus' name. It's harvest time. Robokosha. All the seeds you planted, it's harvest time. Tarabakasha. Pando. Berakia paroso to Gombria. Receive it. It's harvest. Jesus' name. How many of you are called, you feel called to evangelism? That's your gift, that's your purpose, evangelism. To reach the unsaved with the gospel. Anybody? Here? You? Put your hand up if it's you. Yeah? Anyone else? Yeah? Yeah? Can God lie? Can God lie? Jesus said the harvest field is what? White unto harvest. I don't care how hard anybody else tells you, it must be white unto harvest. Because he can't lie. He has to tell the truth. He didn't even limit it by saying the harvest field in Israel is white unto harvest. He said the harvest field. And his word is eternal. That means the harvest field is white wherever you are. If it's your perspective. If you can think it's hard, guess what's going to happen? Nothing. You're not going to reap white because you're, de- you're declaring what it is. When you're supposed to declare, it's white because you're declaring the same as what he said. If you say what he says, you get what he is. You'll get the same results he gets because you're saying what he said. Those of you right now who are 
called. You just took your hands up. Come forward, bro. Come forward. I want you to believe. I want you to say it right now. The harvest field is white wherever I go. The harvest field is white wherever I go. Say it, bro. Harvest field is white. Anybody else? Harvest field is white. The harvest field is white wherever I go. In Jesus' name. Man. Yeah. Har- Come on, bro. Anybody else? Harvest field is white. Unto harvest. Stretch forth your hands towards these brothers right now. Jesus' name. I declare in Jesus' name, the harvest field is white. And the Lord will bring an anointing on you to reap a harvest in this day. For this is the day of harvest. And Father wants the house filled. So I send you in the name of Jesus with a harvest anointing. In the name of Jesus, the ability to reap the harvest. The ability to reap the harvest for the name of Jesus, for the glory of God. And it's going to be an excellent harvest. It's going to be an excellent harvest. In Jesus' name, I release the spirit of excellence and the harvest. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. It doesn't matter if it's one or a thousand. The harvest field is white and the harvest. Amako robo shakara tataro mokombria rebebebe satarakie la robobonakie ratastana na kobriente. In the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus right now. I'm going to melt your heart. I'm going to melt your heart with such ability that you'll have such compassion on the lost. Jesus mighty name. Mando robokoya erabasoko. Go in the name of Jesus. 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 Jesus name. Jesus name. Jesus name. How many of you feel called to the healing ministry to lay hands upon the sick? Come forward. <laughs> Laugh at the devil. <laughs> Hallelujah. Any more? Jesus' name. Any more? Mm. Jesus' name. Anybody in here has got a prophecy over the life about the healing anointing? Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Name of Jesus. Straight out your hands towards these people. Jesus' name. Not only shall you flow in a new level of anointing and of signs and wonders in the healing the healing anointing of Jesus is going to touch your body right now that your body will know wholeness and out of the wholeness will flow healing in Jesus name in the name of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus you shall go in the power of the spirit of God and you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover I release an extraordinary healing anointing in Jesus' name. 
Ray Navarro Soprián que está hoy aquí, aquí eh. Jesus. Oh, yeah, go on. Dance for Jesus. Run for Jesus. Rabakasha Kasdoro Bakan. Oh, the joy of the Lord is like medicine. Bobakala. Now there shall be creative miracles. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Rabakashavria Kastoriabo. Herapaka, I send you to lay hands upon the sick. See remarkable, unusual miracles. Jesus. Jesus' name. And I will make a way for you. And the signs and the wonders will open up a door for you. Step on through it, says the Lord. Romoka, it will not stop. It will continue to increase and increase and increase. Robo Shakara Basanto Rababaki Alara. Lay hands upon the sick. Lay hands upon the sick. They shall recover. Rapasto Matoke Lepara. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. We declare, we break that spirit that says he can't do that. In Jesus' name, we declare the freedom and the liberty of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, Jesus, abundant life. I see you teaching the word of God, Barbara, teaching the word on healing. Sit, it's almost like I sit, see you sitting at a table. It's like coffee and cake time. Just opening the word of God. And the miracles start to happen. No great shindig. Just natural. The most natural thing in the world. Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now. As your word goes forth out of Barbara's mouth, it will heal. And it will not return void. But it will accomplish what she sends it out to do for the glory of God. And in Father, we just declare right now that her body, her own body, her own life, will take on the wholeness and the clarity of the healing anointing. And her body will be a testimony that the message and the messenger are one and the same. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just hear the Lord say, I'll give you a new heart. A new heart. Jesus' name. A new ability. Kiriaba soroko yata rama kastoro Jesus, go in the power of the anointing. Lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Robo shakara ta kie ramando roboso. Era paparianta sta kie laro kokatesta. What is dead will come to life. What is dying will flourish. What is fruitless will become fruitful. What is never grown never ever experienced growth will grow says the Lord lay hands upon the sick
they shall recover. Jesus name. You shall bring it, bring healing to the soul and to the body. You shall bring healing to the mind. You shall bring healing to marriages and families. You shall have a wide anointing in the healing ministry. You shall know it. Jesus name. Jesus name. Out of your hands will flow the anointing. Jesus, mighty name. And you shall know healing. Personal healing. Jesus, mighty name. Jesus name. How many of you know you're called to raise finances and release finances to the kingdom of God? If that's you, come forward. Jesus name Borokosha Kariampa Stando Kerabataria Pokoya Jesus name Jesus name in Jesus name Bokurabashaka Jesus name I'm gonna start with you Pakaye Pelaro Son Koriata Kielera Babayata Receive it Receive that miracle anointing I am gracing you, says the Lord. This is the day. Today. This is the day and the hour. Not something in the future. Right now, says the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release that miracle harvest anointing in the finances to finance the work of the kingdom. Right now, Jesus' name, I call her to have wisdom, creative wisdom, to know how to prosper. In all the works of her hands. In Jesus' name, new contracts, new opportunities. Jesus' name. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I see you writing the checks. Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, the bank account is full. I thank you, it's overflowing. I thank you in Jesus' name. Rabakasha, you give her the favor of God. Jesus' mighty name. We release that supernatural grace. To bring a harvest of finances into the kingdom of God. With no different effort. This will be the easiest thing you've ever done by grace. This is my timing. For everything under heaven, there is a time. And I release this. I release your grace to bring the harvest. In Jesus' name, I release that miracle anointing. To bring the finances into the kingdom of God for the work of the kingdom of God. Jesus' name, I will wake you up and give you dreams of how to do it, says the Lord. Press down, shaking together, running over. 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 More and more. As you shake it down, you will get more. You will think like a wealthy man. You will think like a successful man. You will think, says the Lord, and it shall come. <sighs> Jesus' name. 
Would you do something for this house as we've been in this house? Would you do something? Would you turn to the, one of the walls that you feel? Right now, turn to one of those walls as the leading of the Holy Spirit. As you feel, just talk, turn to one of those walls right now and call forth the harvest. Call forth the harvest. Call it to come from the north, south. The Bible says, call it to come from the north, south, east and west. Call it. I call millionaires and multi-millionaires into this house. I call them to come in Jesus' mighty name. I declare they are already on their way. They are already assigned to this place. I call them to be released from where they are to come to this place. In the name of Jesus, I declare they shall come and bring a harvest with them. In the name of Jesus, and the spirit that's upon them shall multiply in this house. Jesus mighty name in Jesus mighty name Jesus mighty name Jesus name one last thing put your hands up let's put our hands up right now Father in the name of Jesus I pray over my brothers and sisters right now this year ahead will be the greatest multiplication year of their entire walk with God you will double everything that they have seen you will double the miracles double the income you will double the effectiveness you will double the open doors you will double the amount of prophecies visions words from the Lord you will double the amount of miracles and healings that they see you will double 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 in Jesus mighty name in Jesus mighty name Father you won't add to the church you'll multiply the church in Jesus mighty name brother did you come home for prayer you did oh yeah amen Father in the name of Jesus I just lay hands I release Elliot to harvest those finances I just declare Jesus name because of your faithfulness you will cause that faithful excellent spirit to flow in his business and I declare in Jesus name it will be attractive and people will be attracted to his website people will be attracted to his business people will know this is the business this is the person to give my business to this is the person that has the vision and the anointing <laughs> oh brother oh brother get ready for a download get ready for a deluge get ready and I will cause you to place their adverts in such the right place that their businesses will flourish and they will know it's because the anointing and the grace on your life and they will cause their friends to give you work in Jesus name friends will lead friends to prosper you in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' name. I release you from the spirit of limitation. I release in you the spirit that dreams the way God dreams. Jesus' name.
cara de gara son cora babaye que que a sense Elliot a prophetic anointing too needs to manifest clear clear words from God evidenced with signs and wonders will begin to flow from this day forward and people will not not just know you're a faithful man a businessman a godly man but that you carry a clear insight of the prophetic timings of God In Jesus name people will come to you for wisdom to know when and when not and you will cause them to step out at the right time for you like the sons of Issachar knowing the times and the seasons of God Jesus mighty name Jesus mighty name mm. Jesus name. the power of the Holy Spirit the power of the Holy Spirit flow through you great demonstration Jesus name Jesus name Jesus mighty name hallelujah the Bible says what you bless increases so bless the person either side of you will you just lay your hands on them and bless them 